Hello, Rich Bolas here, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Dad Mindset Show. Today, I chat with clinical psychology registrar Arnie Phillips, aka the Child Whisperer, as part of our coronavirus lockdown series. This week, Arnie and I discuss setting expectations with our kids as they navigate going back to school. We go into how we'll need to readjust to changes in the workplace and daily life. And we also talk about how we and our kids may well have regressed during this lockdown period. But it's not as bad as it might seem. Again, I need to stress that the content of this podcast doesn't constitute, nor should it be considered, specific psychological advice for you or your child. As with all medical, physical and mental health queries you may have, the best place to start is with your family GP or your child's paediatrician. That being said, I hope you enjoy this chat with Arnie Phillips. Arnie, welcome back. Thanks, Rich. How's your week been? Uh, my week's been an interesting one. In what way? Back to work. Um, so I was uh, diagnosed as, well, I got my negative diagnosis. Is that diagnosed? Of uh, coronavirus? Yeah, I, was I guess so. Tested what did, and got a negative an un- result. Anyway. I was undiagnosed or indiagnosed. I'll, what it actually, what's I'll the, find what it actually what's said. The Oh, your COVID nineteen result is negative. That's it. That's all they there said. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they just clearly avoided the idea of you failed on it. That's a fail. <laughs> I didn't. Pa- oh no, I passed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what does negative mean? <laughs> yeah, I've never got a negative. I've always got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations uh, for starters. I mean, wh- thank why you. did you have to take the test? I mean, did you think you'd been exposed or? Um, no. So I was sick last week. Um, and had a couple of days off work and then just got a medical certificate. Um, and in that checkup, the doctor kind of said, you should get the COVID test or get tested for COVID-19. Um, so I went into the hospital testing. Oh, you actually went to, oh, you're in the car. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So you stay in the car and they just drive you, go on a little detour through the car park. It's McDonald's. Pretty much, yeah. But it's, what's your, what's your order? Yeah. <laughs> not, not a lot of pleasant. brain scraping thing. <laughs> really? What was, was it? I've heard it's, it's pretty brutal. It's horrible. Okay. Well, maybe I we shouldn't were, say that. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's, it was amazing. It's delightful. It was, yeah. <laughs> but why yeah. are they coming towards me with a 10-inch a, a swab? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I thought, I thought the, um, the handle, do you call it the handle? The, well, the broomstick, the yeah. which is ridiculously long. I thought that was just so they could keep physical distancing. Yeah. But it was actually so they could <laughs> shove it through the back of my head and, oh, <laughs> and test sample it. from the headrest of the car. <laughs> <laughs> it was, was it really that invasive? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's not invasive. But That's putting a negative and, spin and, on it. And nose is usually a one-way thing. <laughs> you yeah, have snot comes usually. out. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a brain tickler and I cried all the way home. Oh, right. Not tears of sadness or pain or anything. It was just my eyes were watering constantly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Well, well, uh, well done, honey. I'm impressed. But it was worth it. It yeah. was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Because now you know you're clear. Um, yeah, exactly. And um, I think it was also useful. We're going back at the clinic. We're going back to... Um, 
face-to-face sessions in the next couple of weeks. So it was kind of good to get that test and yeah. then maintaining a, a bit more stricter um, physical distancing, I think, yeah. Do you, do you think you'll have to do the test on a regular basis? Um, I don't think so. Um, we'll be doing, on a daily basis, we'll be doing our own temperature test for all staff at the clinic. Um we will be doing temperature checks on all um, clients and parents who come into the clinic. Um, there's a host of other precautions that we're putting in, full um, wipe down, um, physical distancing. We've got a couple of rooms that don't allow for that physical distancing, so they'll only be used for telehealth Right. Um, sessions. Uh, what else? You mentioned earlier about the protocol around opening doors and stuff like that. Yeah, so I've been doing that. Um, so I've been I've continued with face to face sessions through the pandemic um, with the adult clients. Mm-hmm. So at that clinic, it's all been about you know I'll open the doors for clients. Um, we don't shake hands. We've shut down the. There's a. Um, tea and coffee facility for clients and staff that's been shut down um and then there's yeah cleaning that we do on door handles in between um each client as well yeah door handles and other surfaces yeah yep so we'll be um doing that at the other clinic as well yeah Hmm. yeah yeah it's going to be um quite a change going back Definitely, and that's um, you know what we spoke about last in the last podcast was about the new normal, um, and I think being aware of what going back is. It's not, as we said last week, we're not going back to normal. the old normal. We're yeah. going back to a new normal. So yeah, um, it can be helpful to just clarify what that new normal is. Yeah, for schools, it's um, gonna. I mean, we don't even know yet, like how the schools are gonna set things up in classrooms and so on. Yeah, yeah, there's some, a few clients have had different communications from schools about what um, it's going to mean. So there's different um, or scheduled drop-off times and pick-up times at the start and end of the day. Um, there will be staggered recess and lunchtime, um, so less students are out in the playground at any one time. Um the classrooms themselves, some classrooms will be maintaining that um, or having to maintain the physical distancing. So oh, they'll like single, sing, uh, sitting at single completely desk. change so. the layout. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, when you look at the size of classrooms and everything else that's in those classrooms, it may be that some classes are just moved out into the gymnasium or into a bigger area where they can afford to spread out or they may have even completely gutted classrooms with you know from all the the music trolleys with the mm. shitty triangle and <laughs> that was my favorite <laughs> instrument <laughs> <laughs> I know, actually they were my no <laughs> the symbols the symbols yeah <laughs> but um saying that though it could feel pretty shit for kids going back like if they have the expectation that like i know um Emily and will really looking forward to going back next week and and they might walk into something that's completely different and they're just, this is rubbish compared to what I thought it would be. 
Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, we were kind of alluding to that in the, in the last podcast, but it's also what I've covered off a fair bit with clients this week of just getting them to talk about what they expect when they go back to school. What, what are their thoughts yeah. with going back? Are they, um, you know, they can't wait to, um, get to school, play with their mates, kick the footy at recess, um, sit next to their classmates and do their projects and do group work and that sort of thing. But the reality is they may not be able to kick yeah. the footy with their mates. If they've happened to luck out and they've got the same, you know, the recess one or recess two yeah. um, release, but are they allowed to actually kick the footy or where does the footy go in terms of that yeah, physical distancing or – it's going to be a whole. It's a, a whole renegotiation of everything. Yeah, there is. Yeah, but I guess they'll, um, they'll feel they won't have any agency at all over it because there'll just be a whole bunch of rules just heaped on them. Yeah, exactly, and that's where I think it's important to have a chat with kids before they go back. Yeah, about their expectations and um, if they've got any questions for the school, then get in touch with the school and say. You know, will they be sitting at their normal desk or yeah. are the desks going to be spread out or are they going to be in a different classroom or you know, just answering those sorts of questions so kids know what they're going back to instead yeah. of just assuming, all right, I rock up and instead of mum taking me into the classroom, I'll have to walk in there on my own. Other than that, it's all going to be the same. But the reality is it may be a bit different. So. Yeah, that's a great point, Arnie. And I think – um yeah, definitely. I'm going to get onto it tonight, actually. <laughs> Make sure we've got one more day to find out before they go back on Monday. But um, I suppose the other thing there as well is if, I mean, going back to the other point about them not having as much control and having way more rules placed on them, I wonder what extra things we can put in there to make them feel they have control over certain things and, you know, maybe giving more choice around other stuff so that it doesn't feel yeah. like their whole world is just super controlled and locked down still. Maybe yeah. it is actually looking for opportunities where they make decisions that, you know, for the whole family and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Letting them decide, do you get Hungry Jacks on McDonald's for tea tonight? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> or both. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what. No, they'd be like, what? We don't get chicken McNuggets? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, any other thoughts there with um, expectations and setting them around the schools, Arnie? Um, I think, no, I think that's, we've covered it off pretty well there. Hmm. I think it is just important to encourage the kids to talk about what they expect. Yeah. What are their thoughts of going back to school? It doesn't need to be expectations. Um, but even talking about are they excited or are they worried? Or I, I actually had that conversation this morning. And, yeah. And whereas I said, Emily and Will are excited about going back to school, one of them wasn't. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, say which one, but, but, but I was like, ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they'd yeah. be totally pumped, but no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Not into it. Um, and even, you know, it's okay to be excited and worried or hmm. excited and annoyed. Um, just talking it through with them and not just saying, you know, you excited to go to school? Yeah. All right, move on. Yeah. Um, but just kind of sitting down and say, what are you excited about? Are you worried about anything? 
do you think this is going to happen? Do you think this, that'll happen? Or do you think you won't be able to do some things? Just kind of exploring it with them. Yeah. I Without, wonder what, yeah, um, that's a great, you know, what sort of questions would you go through? Like, what, what do you think it's going to be like with, you know, do you think there are going to be any new rules or do you think you're going to be yeah. able to sit next to your classmates? Do you think, that, what do you think recess is going to be like if half the school are inside and half the school are outside? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're not allowed to go on the swing set or you're not allowed do they have swing sets in? Yep, there's definitely school swing. playgrounds. Ah, no, climbing frames. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think swings are too dangerous, aren't they? Yeah, too dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> too many kids got clocked. Too many kids had. Too many kids had fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. The school, the school our kids go to is pretty awesome. But um, yeah, yeah we do need more dangerous playgrounds. <laughs> Danger yeah. is definitely. Uh, a prerequisite for, for for learning to take care of yourself. Yeah, learning to not be dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's there's quite a quite a bit to think about there, and and preempt, I guess, with and go through with the kids. But that's that's a great opportunity to, you know, almost, yeah, get them to um, imagine what next week's going to be like, and then just see yeah. what that turns out like, and and then maybe get some feedback on Monday. Uh, yeah. What was it like? Is it different to what you thought it would be and all that sort of yeah. stuff? Yep. It can be also useful for parents and carers to kind of sit down and have that discussion with themselves maybe or mm. with each other and just say, you know, I'm excited to be getting some freedom back or to be sending at least some of the kids <laughs> away. <laughs> Won't be outnumbered. Back to school. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you're, you'll be – Left with uh, one, won't you? Yep. Yeah, just Annie, the eldest. Yep. So she's going to love love having two parents' worth of attention lavished on her, as in sure she won't right, get yeah. away with watching TV all day. <laughs> yeah, she, she'll yeah. think it sucks. I want to go back to school. They won't let me watch TV all day. They're on to yeah. me. <laughs> They're all over me like a rash. <laughs> this principal is the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's two of them. Yeah. yeah. And they can't work out who's in charge. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. That's a good so, point. So, yeah, I think for parents and carers to kind of check in as well. Yeah. Um, I know for some of my clients, the parents are particularly worried. Um, one of them was scared shitless. In what way? To, to quote them, um, just about that, the first letter coming home to say, you know, you're or a child in your son or daughter's classroom has been tested positive for ah, COVID-19. Right, right. Just that fear um, for her, Yeah, that fear was going to be Far, pretty that, much that would something be, she's living on a daily basis. That would be pretty happens. tough for some people, especially because oh, that's the issue, isn't it? If one of the kids does test positive, then all of a sudden it's like a whole classroom. And th- this goes back to one of the points earlier as well. That um, I'm not sure whether we mentioned this last week or not. I don't about keeping a journal as well about all the people you come into contact with, and it might yeah. be good to do that because we know that there's the COVID app, but you know some people aren't really big on downloading that and using it, and that's their own choice. But I think it's definitely well worth trying at least to keep a journal of who you do come into contact with, because if the worst does happen and you get that knock on the door that says, excuse me, can you tell us who you've been in contact with because one of your close friends has actually tested positive and we'd like you to go into lockdown. 
mm. um, quarantine, then um, then they're going to ask like, where have you been for the last two weeks? And and if you can just produce that journal and say, there you go, it's going to be so much easier. You'll make that person's yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. But the, and then if it doesn't get used, it'll be great reading for your descendants in fifty or hundred <laughs> years time. True. Won't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anthropologists, yeah, centuries yeah, from now. Exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm but, not um, sure why they thought this was interesting, but they kept the log <laughs> of everyone they were in it's, contact it's, with. I, I, basically, it'd be like Twitter when it started out, like, had this for lunch, yeah. <laughs> checked in at the gym. <laughs> but um, no, it's, um, yeah, definitely, it's going to be an interesting week, I think. Yeah. I I, I have mixed feelings about it, to be honest, Arnie. I, mm. I actually feel like we've come out of the other side of homeschooling and finally got our shit together and now it's going back to school i'm like oh come on guys <laughs> just when we felt like things were kind of coming together um just got our hands yeah. on the reins well i actually when i say it's come together i think it's i've let go of trying to be really good at teaching <laughs> and so i lowered my expectations and all of a sudden it started to work <laughs> in the sense that i wasn't beating myself up and then you know getting frustrated with the kids for not being interested in getting their work done and i just took the wins i could and and yeah. we changed direction on the stuff that we couldn't and no, if i'd have had a conversation with myself seven weeks ago i reckon i'd have enjoyed this time far better than i think definitely the first three or four weeks because they were tough yeah. Um, and I must say tough. I mean, crumbs, we've, we've had it so much easier than many other people. Um, so I certainly don't want to, you know, uh, compare myself to, to things that others are going through in other parts of the world, UK, you know, to say the least. Now I've got family. We won't get into that just yet, I guess. But, um, the, um, I think that's the thing. If I'd have lowered my expectations around homeschooling, yeah, it would have been a lot easier earlier on. And the kids would have had so much more fun as well because it wasn't fun yep. for all of us at one stage. <laughs> and this week has actually been brilliant. It's been really, yeah, really right. good. Like yeah. just let go of the reins a bit, eased off a bit, did more fun stuff. And I think it just it just eased the way. They uh, they really responded to it. They spent lots of good time with them. And then they got some work done. They didn't get all their work done. But... um. I certainly felt better about it because yeah. I wasn't having to be the 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 principal, you know, hammering <laughs> down on them. And um and to be honest, like yeah, I I must admit I, I just lent into stuff that I could engage with them with, like reading. And so we'd yeah. read together, stuff like that, and that's been great. So yeah. um yeah, I uh yeah, twenty 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 uh, uh, retrospect is uh twenty twenty vision. Yeah, bugger. Yeah. <laughs> but still. The benefit of hindsight. Yeah, huh? it's been a good week anyway. So, uh, yeah. and I think far less judgment. I totally uh, put it, haven't been judging myself and I haven't been judging the kids. And it's been, yeah. gee, gee, magic. <laughs> like, there's something there, Arnie. Should do that more often. <laughs> lower the tolerances. Yeah. 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 Lower the stakes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, but um, it, it has been an interesting week on another level as well because we did really relax the restrictions somewhat last week. And yep. so I thought it'd be a good idea 
principally so I could drink some red wine, but um, to get some some of the fr- some of my friends around. So the boys I swim with, um, I invite them over for a pizza night, and so we had pizza, and it was great. Just a few of us outdoors. You know, we were still um, physically distancing for the majority of the night, I should say. But then yeah. had a few wines, had some pizza, feeling great, had loads of laughs. And then next thing I know, saying goodbye to them, I just start shaking everyone's hand. I'm like, like, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) And I just slipped straight into that old, you know, system of like, you know, you have a dinner party or whatever. And when everyone leaves, then you shake the hand and say goodnight. And I just said, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) I just blew it. Like, you know, we did so well for the rest of the night. And then I just slipped into an old pattern. And yeah. maybe it's because I, I had a half a bottle of red and a couple of beers in me. I don't know, but you know, it was it was really bad. I mean, we had hand sanitizer around, but I think it's something that I'm going to have to be really conscious about. You know, especially yeah. when there's a couple of glasses of red around. That you know, I you, will, you yeah. can't just hug people and you can't just go back into, you know, what you did before. But yeah, you can't just think, oh yeah, from a system, you know, a system two perspective, you know, like my conscious brain knows what i should do when you've got decades of you know habitual training ingrained in our behaviors of hugging someone or shaking someone's hand as they leave or as you greet them and i'm gonna struggle with this just from an instinctive reactionary sense and i think a lot of people are gonna um struggle with that for me i think i'm probably fortunate because i've maintained that um, working with clients, with the adult clients, um, on a weekly basis. And so in, at the start of each of those sessions, I've kind of made a point of replacing that handshake with a conversation about the fact that we can't have a handshake. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of become the new replacing one with the other. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been useful and it's going to be a bit easier for me when I do um, start seeing more clients because I've made that the new starting of the session. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily shake hands with the child clients, but you know, it's often a high five or a fist bump or something. Yeah. So it'll just be kind of having to say, you know, we can't do that now. Would you say fist bumps are still on the cards? <clears throat> um, I think they were for a while, but then they were even fist bumps were ruled out and it was elbow taps. And then I think, hmm. Elbow taps were dropped, and then it was that toe tap. taps or something. That's there was weird. Some, that's just weird. that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose fist bones because you can rub your nose, I guess, with your your knuckle. I don't know. It's wow. Yeah, yeah. So there's. I think getting back to expectations, we'll need to kind of work out what do we expect. Yeah. You know, what are our tolerances in terms of that greeting? I think, and what you said there, Arnie, about having that discussion and joking about it up front. Oh, this is totally weird. You know, fessing yeah. up. This is totally, I just want to shake your hand right now, but this is weird. I know we can't. Yeah. And, yeah. and it diffuses it completely. But because we were talking earlier, weren't we? And you said there was a study that looked yeah, there at was, the reactions of people. Can the you study was through? done years ago before coronavirus um, or before COVID-19 anyway. Um, and, there were, I think, they got subjects to refuse to shake the hands 
of participants <laughs> um, and then continued on with a just a you know scripted conversation um, and then others shook hands and did continued on with that same scripted kind of conversation semi-scripted conversation um, and then the for the participants they got them to assess how much they trusted the um, the interviewer and people rated the person who refused to shake their hand a lot lower. Was there was there an option to say he's a complete douchebag? Because <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my yeah. response. <laughs> yeah. Regardless it, of whether or not he shook my hand, he's a douchebag. Well, no, no, the fact <laughs> no, I totally would have been like, if someone refused to shake my hand in the past, I'd be like, dick. You know, the, yeah. like that was like a huge affront like yeah. six months ago. To, yeah, exactly. For someone to because refuse the, to shake your hand, so we're totally going that's a social norm. Isn't yeah, it? we're going counter to all the social norms that we've been brought up with, and yeah. a handshake. I mean, comes the you could do courses on how to shake someone's hand properly to win the <laughs> sale, and you know all that sort of stuff. It's like crumbs. It's such a key part of building rapport with someone, trust, and that's yeah. gone out the window. It's yeah. yeah. Exactly, and that's what they, you know, found with this study was the fact that, well, it's a key mechanism to engage that trust. And um, this, I heard this in a podcast again. I think I feel like I'd get all <laughs> all my information from podcasts. Um, <laughs> but um, they were talking about you know the origin of the handshake to show that you can get as close to. The person as possible and shaking the hand was um i think they said it was i, I took it as some you, theories you were showing showing that you you would disarmed yourself because normally you'd hold a weapon in your right hand and it's almost like yeah. approaching them with an empty hand and say look no no hand no i'm not carrying a weapon that that was what yeah. i heard and yeah this one went a bit further to say that actually shaking the hand shook a dagger out of the um sleeves of your <laughs> the person <laughs> right. so, <Okay. laughs> um but i'm not sure how well uh grounded that is in actual fact well anyway, there's another one which is like good, ch- chinking glasses like uh, i remember hearing how um in the olden days you never knew whether someone had poisoned your beer or not and they'd have like tankards of mead and stuff and so they'd yeah. smack the mead together with your drinking companion and all the beer would splurge into each other's cup and it's like well if you've poisoned me you're screwed as well you know yeah, that kind okay. of i love you but well, i don't trust you, <laughs> you know, like, a, but if we drink that's together exciting, isn't it? yeah yeah so so maybe <laughs> yeah, right. we should be chinking with more gusto <laughs> to be and shaking hands with more gusto when yeah when it's permittable yeah um yeah so getting back to that um research study that they did, they then re-ran it, but instead of the person just flat out refusing to shake their hand, they refused and then they said, I've had a cold and I don't want to expose you to any risk of contagion. Um, And then went into that semi-scripted conversation as well. People were asked to rate the interviewer at the end of that and the person who refused to shake hand but explained it was then rated as higher much more trustworthy even so than the person that shook their hand and had a normal conversation yeah because and the reason that they gave when they yeah couldn't shake their hand was expressing 
um, concern and empathy and Care. Um, the fact that, yeah, your well-being is in my best interest wow. just through yeah. that handshake so, refusal. So what you're saying there then is if we approach this the right way, this could actually be a much more more bonding situation say look i'm really sorry i can't shake your hand I, I have you know i'm not feeling quite well i certainly don't want to pass on any germs so if we yeah. go about it the right way it does i mean that's probably not the script but if we do it with genuine care yeah absolutely even just saying you know sorry physical distancing we can't shake hands it's been a bit weird hasn't it mm. um yeah even that kind of helps to break the ice yeah and um, it may be worth just having a think about what script you might run with when you do shake hands yeah. or when you would have shaken hands. Hmm. Yeah, mm. having a bit of fun with it as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Now, um, one of the topics that did come up this week was the potential for regressing like our like we've been in lockdown for weeks and weeks and weeks now and yep. a few i heard someone talking about how um children obviously picking up on our stress levels our anxiety whatever could actually sort of regress into themselves a bit or or sort of back to a previous level that they're much more comfortable in what what are your thoughts around that Arnie? um well personally i know i've regressed <laughs> Quite significantly. <laughs> I had to. Same before. <laughs> yes. Um, what were you saying? On? <laughs> I was, well, as I was saying before, I haven't worn pants with buttons or zippers <laughs> for months. <laughs> Got to forget I had to so, tie my shoelaces. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been wearing Ugg boots for the last <laughs> Slippers, not even Ugg boots because – <laughs> the Ugg boots are those knee-high ones with the laces down the side, so oh, yeah. that's, that's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, too taxing, too much yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yes, I've regressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm too. proud of it. Yeah, <laughs> But it's going to be difficult to regain that regression yeah. when I emerge back into society. <laughs> it, it is like coming out of a cave, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, it's like being I mean, in like, hibernation. Yeah, I'll have to get a smart pair of tracksuit pants. <laughs> Put some <laughs> creases down them. Yeah, iron, iron a crease. Iron, iron those your tracks across the front. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. I totally want to see that, Arnie. Can you, see, <laughs> can you take a photo? Yeah. That'd be gold. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll, <laughs> the new, get, the new, I'll get my... The, the new smart office wear. <laughs> yeah. I'll get my Sharpies out tonight and colour in these. Moccasins black, so they look like <laughs> some decent business shoes. Yep, like it. <laughs> um, where were we there? No, we were talking about Re regressing. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. we regret. We regress. <laughs> we, we, we regress. <laughs> yeah. um, it's definitely something that we've kind of been, or that I've been dealing with with some clients. Yeah. Um, just in terms of, you know picking up old habits, particularly with the um, population that I work with, um, you know, regressing in terms of social interactions, um, having conversation, having having conversation, but all those elements that go with 
an interaction with someone. So, um, you know, making eye contact, reading the body language, reading their facial expressions, understanding all those elements that go into a broader social interaction. Um, there's, and I guess the signs that that regression has occurred aren't going to necessarily emerge until people start to go back out into society. But there's, um, I guess, some indicators that that regression has occurred um, just in the interactions within the immediate family unit. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, so that's what I, do you reckon the signs? Are there any signs that you'd be looking out for? Um, it'd be probably, and this could be mood, which is getting back to um, uh, one of our earlier podcasts as well. It could be just not interacting as much with family members, um, not being involved in whatever it is that's going on in that family level, um, spending more time alone. Um, there's, I've had some clients who have regressed in other ways and they've not wanted to interact with their friends, you know, early on in the um, quarantine and the homeschooling period, they were doing um, uh, FaceTime A chats yeah. or Skype chats with their mates. Like, you know, every night they were doing that um, and that has kind of started to slip away. And That's totally dropped off with our kids as well. Like they, hot, yeah, okay. I can't remember the last time they did it. And I, I even yeah, asked, right. asked Annie about it last week and she was like, oh, she's busy, you know, talking about a friend. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think that's quite um, commonplace. And early on, Annie was spending hours, wasn't yeah, she? Though, yeah, right at the start. Reading books like or listening to music. Six hours a day, or... like just locked yeah. in for the full day. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're probably a couple of good examples of from a social perspective, the fact that, you know, kids are a bit reluctant to engage with even their mates hmm. um, who they're always talking to yeah, um, or with family members who they're normally interacting with and who they do have that fairly solid connection with in most cases. Um, yeah, just, a, I guess, a regression in those factors. Hmm. Okay. Any, any sort of um, advice to parents or um, thoughts on how we can nurture or encourage I guess, a step in the right direction? Yeah, I think being aware of it um, or being on the lookout for it can be helpful. Um, and once you are aware of it if, or if you've kind of noticed it, it can be helpful to, and, and this depends on the individual as well, to talk with them about it. Um, or if they're not one to talk about it or if they can get a bit shy or frustrated or depressed or aggressive, when you raise these things or, you know, they might slip into that mindset of, oh, man, I'm not even doing that right. This is something else I've done wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not interacting with people as much as I should. You know, if, if it's likely to worry them, then it may not be worth raising it with them. But just being aware of it when they do go back to school um, and understanding that the social interactions, they're going to change a lot as we spoke about earlier, while they're at school. Yeah. So there'll be, you know, less time um, or there'll be different recess times, for example, um, and they're not doing 
group work all huddled around the well, one device or I something just, like I that. I just had a thought there, Arnie, because thinking about <clears> it, now there's a really high you know, possibility that certain friends have been in contact every day out of, say, a group of three or four friends, and then yes. some of them dropped out of that early on, but then there's still, the, you know, there's been that intense interaction for the last two months between two out of the, the three or, you know, three out of the four or something like that. And one could yeah. go back in and be blindsided by the fact that these friends are so close now. They've had so much going on. They know everything's been going on over the past two months that they, the other one's completely out in the, out in the cold. Yeah, true. And that's a very good point. That that totally could blindside them when they go, "Oh, geez, they've been hanging out every day. I didn't even know." And that that could hit kids really hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, so there's that. I guess the um, what would you call that? The close friendships that they've had in the past may not be as close as, close. as they were. They they can't well, just. They may feel that they're a bit on the outer. Yeah. Um, and. So it may be a matter of talking with kids about, you know, when they first went to school um, or when they uh, first started class this year, how did they make new friends? Were they feeling nervous going back to the class because they didn't know everyone who was in their immediate um, classroom? Yeah. Just exploring that with the kids and saying, you know, did you feel a bit nervous or did you feel excited about going to school on that first day of school and how do you feel about it now? Um, yeah. Understanding the fact that this is, in a lot of ways, it's similar to coming out of the six weeks or eight weeks of summer, summer holidays, holidays. yeah, uh, and then dropping into a new school year. Um, so there'll be some factors that are like it's always been. You know, we've been doing schoolwork and I've been seeing the teacher every um, for check-in in the morning and check-out at night um or at three o'clock so that sort of thing has been normal but other things have been very different yeah um yeah i think again getting back to that expectations it's about Mm. chatting with the kids about what do they expect with the new normal yep of school life um and perhaps as parents and carers, just being a bit more aware of if they are regressing, in what areas are they regressing and how is that likely to affect them when they do go back to school as well? And is that something we want to incorporate into that expectations conversation or thoughts Mm. about school or whatever you want to kind of pitch it as? Um, And just understanding that after that first day of school, it might be a bit of a culture shock. You know, you mentioned that culture shock of, coming to Australia when you first moved out here, understanding that there'll be some sort of a culture shock with the new normal and the new school environment. So they're going to be a bit drained and they'll be a bit on edge. Well, you could actually preempt that, couldn't you? And set up like a breakfast, go, okay, guys, like let's have a think about all the things that could have changed. What do we, how many things do we reckon have changed? Let's be on the lookout for them. Let's name it. Let's call it now and see who gets as many right as possible. And so it's almost yep. like a bit of a game when they come back a, at the yeah. end of the day. It's like, geez, I totally didn't see that this was going to be changed, but I got yeah. these three right. And, yeah, yep. I totally saw that. So I think that could be a really good approach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
that's a and that that's a good approach to make a game out of it. So then, um, you know, when kids do experience something that they're not, perhaps not happy with, yeah, it's not the like day, oh, shit. at least they can it's say, a, oh, "Oh, I'm going to report great. this back because I that's, totally yeah. didn't see this one." Yeah, yeah, that's a smiley face on my what we call it, yeah, Corona gambling chart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> corona list of. Of uh, shit, I got to put up with moving forward. <laughs> like, yeah. but, but then again, like it's not that bad. COVID when, yeah, yeah, COVID. But, but um, I suppose, yeah, I, I keep reflecting. We've totally got to remember that, like, we've dodged a bullet, like at the moment, anyway. Like we've been so lucky, and I, I just my heart goes out to people in other parts that are not nearly as lucky. I mean, it could all turn around. We could get a second, second spike, of course, but. I know certainly in the UK it's a massive worry at the moment. Friends and family yeah. over there are not struggling, but they're definitely high um high stress. Yeah, okay. And yeah. rightly so, you know, it's um not awesome, should we say. Yeah. So what does quarantine look like for them from a Well, I mean you know, the biggest issue we've got in the family at the moment is is my nan had a tumble. She fell out of um uh, out of bed and she's 96 wow. and now she's gone into hospital and so wow. she's in hospital now and no one can go visit her and so yeah. the only way i've got to i'm going to call her tonight and stuff but it's it must be i think that must be the hardest thing you know going into hospital um i mean but she doesn't have covid19 right now uh, hopefully she doesn't but that must be the most worrying thing you go to hospital with it and you might never get to see your family again. It's, yeah. Uh, you yeah, hear true. those harrowing stories where people, doctors are phoning, you know, FaceTiming next of kin and so on so they can have a, a last conversation. And oh, I just perish the thought, you know, that that would be one of the loneliest ways to go, I think. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, obviously the hospitals are doing their best and the, the, the nursing and doctors uh, nursing staff and doctors are, are amazing and everything, but it's still not the same to not have people around you. And I think it's so easy to forget that this is what we're fighting right now. You know, we think it is. Yeah, desperately in, trying not to get people in that situation where they're in <clears throat> hospital, not being able to hold the hand of a loved one. Mm. You know, it's ah, oh, it sucks on a massive level. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and as you say, I think in Australia, we, in a lot of ways, we have dodged a bullet. Um, and yeah, I think it's easy for us to kind of just see in the news how things are going in, you know, in Europe or the USA. Um, we kind of see that and it's a bit surreal. You know, it's, it's at a distance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, um, almost like watching a Hollywood movie, isn't it? Yeah. Compared yeah. to what we're experiencing. Um, but, yeah, I guess there is that for us, for the Australian society now, there's that risk that the spike does surge again. And it doesn't take much um, when you think this thing only started a few months ago in China. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I, I th we're certainly not out of the woods. That's the... no. The main thing, and I think you know, going back to school, this is this is a really interesting phase. It's the first step, like you say, to the new normal. And um, 
the 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 better we can manage it the the more chance we have of coming through this i think yeah and um yeah i just hope uh, we can keep a, a clear head lower our expectations yeah. and, uh, and keep smiling i guess because you know at the end of the day we've got to keep um keep positive as well yeah yeah that's right yeah so for sure arnie any last thoughts I've never got any last thoughts. <laughs> Actually, know. I do because my dog, <laughs> my dog, has been chasing me around the house. She, <laughs> uh, she is totally picking up on something. Like for the, oh, yeah. for weeks and weeks now, she has just been at at a, at her side. And if yeah. she's not at my side, she's at Sarah's side. And yeah. she she knows like dogs are smart, but she can totally pick up that there's something weird going on. Yeah, yeah, Vinny's been the same. He um he will often follow me around the house like at any stage. Um <laughs> Look, but I I'm think... just going to the toilet. Will you just give yeah, me yeah. actually yeah, Maggie's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> she like, can I come in? No, you can't. This is a really small room. <laughs> I'm taking a poop. Like can you just yeah. leave me be? <laughs> but how about if I just stand here? <laughs> <laughs> it's still awkward dog. Stop looking at me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, he'll Vinny will follow me around anyway. But I feel like what would have been a foot between him and me when we're walking has now moved to maybe millimeters. You know, it's <laughs> if that um, <laughs> to the point that you know because I'm kicking around in shorts. So if I stop, I'll get his wet nose right in the back of my knee <laughs> straight away. He's just walked into me just, so many times. So he follows you around the house completely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, either me or Jane. Um, so, yeah, Jane asked the other day. She's like, "I think something's wrong with Vinny. He's just constantly following me around." <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. his thing now. Because, but to be honest, like we were talking before about that, like the codependency thing, and I really think that I have this uh, codependent relationship <laughs> on Vinny because. The thought of being in a therapy session without him at my feet, it's daunting. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was chatting with another um, psychologist uh, friend of mine, and she's got a um, black lab as well. Yeah. And, yeah, they're, they're just a very helpful therapeutic aid sitting yeah. in the room. Yeah. So going you, back to yeah, so, the real world is going to be tough. Well, I mean, would you be able to take Vinny into a session or is that completely uh, inappropriate? I could, no, I, in theory, I could. He gets very excited with new people, so there'd be that kind of... It could freak some people out. I don't know. Yeah. It'd definitely freak some people out. Um, and for those that it didn't freak out, they definitely wouldn't be getting their 50 minutes of therapeutic support from Arnie. There'd be um, probably you know 15 minutes of being jumped on <laughs> but, but it yeah by where, Vincent not by me yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting yeah. isn't it because Sarah Sarah works on uh, next to the, the a heater quite a lot so she'll sit on the floor she's I don't know what it is about girls but they tend to be far more comfortable sitting and working on the floor um, I don't know whether they're just more flexible or something. I can't do it. I mean, I lived yeah. in Japan for four years and I still couldn't sit on the floor comfortably. But um, I think 
Um, so the dog's all over her like a rash. And she's like, look, dog, I'm just trying to do some work here. And she's pushing him. Rich, will you call the dog? And I'll call the dog over and she'll sit next to me. And then she wants to go sit next to the fire again. So she's next to Sarah again. It's just <laughs> constant back and forth. <laughs> dog's like, I just want to hang hang out with you guys. You're like, yeah, we yeah, get that. I just but... want to be with you. Yeah. <laughs> really close. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But it's a good thing, I guess. Having a dog, definitely a good thing. And if the dog wants to hang out with you, even better. It's a great thing. Absolutely. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I recommend it. (laughs) Yep. On that note, Arnie, I think we should uh, adjourn for today. Very good. uh, It's been uh, lovely. It has. Let's uh, regroup next week. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Arnie as much as I did. If you're enjoying these conversations, please give the show a rating, and even more so, please give it a review. I love reading the reviews, and it really helps others to discover the podcast. Well, that's all from me. I hope you stay safe and sane. Until next time, enjoy your caffeinated beverage. (laughs) 